0: This is Jessica Turner, and you are listening to Frequency. Hey,
1: everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Frequency.fm podcast. It's been a while, Joe. We were just talking before we started recording. It's been a few months since we had an official banter. We've had lots of content, but nothing officially with you and I talking, right?
2: Yeah. Well, it, it would help if you weren't such a, a phenomenal jerk. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, hopefully people aren't out there going, does this, do they talk do- anymore? I mean, it just seems to be one of them or the other, but nothing together. What's the deal?
1: Yeah. They have a rift going on. Yeah.
2: Yes. Very dramatic.
1: Yeah. And I'd love to say that it's just because we're busy, but I think it's because we have to manage our time better and like just, just hit the calendar with we're going to do it on this day and just do it. <laughs> yeah. We talk a lot about the podcast personally, but we got to get it out more. So we are committed now to uh, keeping the, the, um, the interview's coming. We have done some, and we have more content coming, and we're excited about them. I think it's really good content, and you're, you're going to love um, what these people have to say. And we have a few coming up as well shortly, so it'll be good to get um, the uh, the podcast flowing regularly again.
2: Yeah, no, it would be good. I mean, you know, it's amped interviews and there's been, uh, we've had uh, the chase from Mandy Thompson. We've had a couple of episodes of shut up and listen from Jim Gray. Gray. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's been stuff out there, but uh, you know, oops, I just kicked the garbage can. So, (laughs) Hey, we'll leave that in. It's quality, quality audio here.
1: Yeah, and, and we have had a lot of things going on audio-related in the background. There have been other projects. I know you've been working on um, the audio um, portion of Travis Thrasher's novel, oh, yeah, yeah. and uh, that's still going on. And um, you've also been doing some voiceover work as well.
2: Yeah, I've published uh, two audio books, and I'm working on the third right now. And then I'm, I've done some regular voiceover jobs, and I'm pursuing more of them. It's really... It's all frequency focused in that revenue goes to frequency. You know, we're uh, trying to be responsible with our now a uh, 501c3 uh, foundation that frequency is. I don't know if we've ever announced that to folks, have we?
1: No, actually, you're just announcing it now, Joe. So oh. the good news is free, our our goal at frequency is not to be profiteering Uh, uh, that's why you'll never hear us do major advertisements or have commercials because we want it to be about the content and we want to prop other people up not ourselves so that is our goal Um, and if you want to learn more about us there was actual interview done Um, there's a link to it on our website where we talk about our our passion and um, why we do what we do But being a charity now means we can take donations, and the money that comes in strictly goes to funding what we do as a podcast. So giveaways, um, just funding the cost it takes to actually produce this, but it's not for our pockets so that we can go party together because we still have never met physically.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But I will say, I've had this brainstorm, and I haven't talked to you about this, Dan, so you know it's kind of dangerous because we're recording this right now, Uh is that if at some point that um that there's enough giving and there's uh f- toward frequency that I would love to do s- to look into s- some scholarships for um for artists whether they're adult or um you know coming out of high school or something so mm-hmm. that we can help um we can help young artists or old artists um make take it to the next level you know that No I think that's long-term. a great idea. I'd love to get there.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I work at a My The church that I am a pastor at, we have a day school from kindergarten to grade 12, and we have scholarships and we have things like that, and we're just really ramping up the arts and sports here, so uh, we regularly talk about that and a way to catapult people into what they like to do. So, yeah, definitely, I'm all on board for that. Cool. So, uh, yeah, I don't think we need to have a meeting. This right. is it.
2: All right, well, now we just have to have uh, some income. So, we're, we're working <laughs> on it. And, yeah.
1: <clears throat> so, more to come on that, for sure. Our hope is that we'll get together at some conferences in the near future, and we'll be able to represent ourselves together. And even there, we can promote that and, and meet people that maybe do actually need the help. So it'll be interesting to see how things um, happen. I know at some point in the next year, I'm hoping that Joe and I will meet up at a conference, uh, whether it's Nashville or Texas or somewhere else. It really doesn't matter to us um, so we can hit the ground, so to speak, and, and interact with you more. And um, yeah, because of, of the fact that we, we are involved with people and artists, uh, we get the opportunity to interview people. And actually, that is the focus of this podcast: is to talk to a singer-songwriter artist and sort of semi-producer now for her next album, Amy Savin, who I know from Canada, but she actually lives just outside of Detroit, about forty minutes west of Detroit in Michigan. So um, yeah, it's it's a fun interview. Amy is is trying to do it alone as an indie. And um, she's trying to get herself out there, but she's actually paying top dollar and doing all the production properly in Nashville with top-rate producers. So it all costs money. Yeah. And um, you'll you'll hear about you know how she's going about that in this interview. So why don't we go right to the interview, Joe? I, between, I think that's uh, great.
2: And it, the fact yeah. is, is that you interviewed her, so it's a Dan Thompson interview, and that makes it special. So
1: and there you go. No
2: further ado. Without further ado, Dan and Amy.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Dan Thompson from Frequency.fm, and I'm joined by Amy Savin, who is a singer, songwriter, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf fan, and (laughs) now living in the United States of America. How are you, Amy?
0: I'm very good, and I'm, yes, still cheering for Toronto Maple Leafs, (laughs) although I have more confidence in our Canadian Olympic
1: team. (laughs) Ah, there you go. (laughs) <laughs> now, um, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know, I usually talk to Canadians if I can, and uh, I like to introduce talent uh, to people who may not have heard of them before. Although Amy has had some um, some success and has always had well-produced albums, and she's on YouTube and involved in different uh, various ministries, you may not know who she is. So I'm looking forward to introducing her to you. Um, now, Amy... I last talked to you maybe three years ago, and um, you had just put out an album. What was the name of that album?
0: Wow, three years. That's crazy. Uh, It was called Skylines, or sorry, it is called Skylines.
1: Right. Actually, that's one of our family's (laughs) favorite albums. So I was just setting you up to say the album. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And just so you know, we play it often on Rhapsody the rhapsody yes. app so you're getting like point point one two something of a penny um you know revenue from every time we hit play
0: hey it all adds up when they all have 10 cents
1: <laughs> yeah isn't there's a joke a joke in the canadian music world about i mm-hmm. think it's so can um that you know if if you're a regular artist you make enough a year to get a sandwich And then there's like, there's like the 1% that actually get enough to live on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But you know what, to be honest, my, uh, I'm so thankful for SOCAN because there's been times where I've just needed that little extra cash and, uh, it gets better every year. (laughs) True, True. And I don't know what they have in the States like SOCAN so far. I've just you know been privileged to be a songwriter and have canadian radio pay for that so go canada
1: (laughs) nice nice now um i mean i could ask you a ton of questions and we'll get to your new album on your indiegogo and and everything um but you you have been involved in the industry for years even though you're young um, <laughs> and, we, and the last time I talked to you, um, mm-hmm. we talked about your past and things that have happened in your life. I want to talk more about who you are now moving forward. Um, recently mm-hmm. you, well, recently I say in the last couple of years, you got married though, right? Right. Yeah. Still
0: so, a baby marriage about two, almost two and a half years, maybe.
1: All right. And, yeah. um, what does he do? Is he, cause your, your, um, production level seems to be stepped up in everything you do. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, my husband is one of the most gifted uh, graphic arts designers. He does um, so many different things. He does motion graphics, he does uh, design, album artwork, website, he does everything. So So it's really neat to to have him for free.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, is that obviously, you know, that's an opportunity for you. Um, Oh, for sure. So is he typically the one that's involved in your work and in your, your, um, your albums and your releases, or do you have to hire out for that as well?
0: I mean, for like photography and, um, sometimes video stuff, uh, like when we did, um, some other music videos, we had some help, but it wasn't actually, I don't know that we had to pay anybody for the video stuff. Cause he's pretty, he's pretty talented in that area. So right. yeah. And it's really great because he has the same vision as I do for branding. So cool. yeah, I trust him.
1: Nice. Well, and I mean, you could go into the whole story of how you met and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can read your bio page and everything else. Um, I really right. wanted to, I wanted to talk <laughs> about, because the thing I appreciate about you is you do a lot of your, your songwriting and you do a lot of even your demos now. Um, how did that process happen? I noticed you're, you're, you're doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff yourself. Uh, why did you decide to do that? Yeah.
0: Well, um, because I took songwriting to a whole never, a whole nother level. Um, I started to write with, uh, recording software. So I have lo- Logic X Pro. And instead of sitting there and and taking up a guitar or taking up a keyboard and and writing, I just started using lots of instruments and different sounds because I wanted to stretch myself and I wanted to write like full band material. So I had to sort of, you know, dabble more with the electric guitar, dabble more with drums, you know, instruments that I don't normally play. And uh, gosh, it's been so much fun. That's cool. I'm just getting started.
1: So would you call yourself a producer now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've sort of had to wear that hat. Yeah. Definitely wouldn't record my own album, but like for demo stuff, um, I feel like it's, I'm, I'm satisfied with what I'm able to do at this point And, you know, I hope to get a lot better. <laughs>
1: yeah. now, um, I've, talked to other artists in the past like drew brown from toronto for example uh, who yep. we interviewed a little while ago um and the whole process of of songwriting and having your own tools has has mm-hmm. helped the songwriting process because you have an idea you can actually put it down you can't you're not singing things into your iphone and trying to remember yeah. them you can sit down at your keyboard and obviously being a piano player um having a midi keyboard or something like that would be second nature then
0: right oh yeah exactly
1: yeah so your your whole process of of producing on your computer when you you're you're going to nashville to record you're you're going to be with ed cash Mm -hmm. correct right yeah so i mean ed's well sought after you know well worth the investment um when you take your ideas, are you packaging them up and sending them to him or, um, is it mostly just for you?
0: No, I'm going to, uh, here's the thing. I don't even know if they'll let me do this, but I sort of want to co-produce the entire album with them, which is sort of ambitious for someone who's on album number two. Uh, (laughs) but I, I just feel like when you give your song away and let someone else produce it, they become, Maybe like even more of a creator than you are. You know, you're giving them sort of like a skeleton. I'd love to get involved in all of it, and so I've created these demos so that they have a great idea of where I'm going to go. And I'd love to, you know, have an input in every single part of it if they'll let me. Right. Otherwise, as long as they get my vision, you know, which they they always do, right. um, I'll be happy.
1: No, I say Ed Cash, but it would be Scott and Ed Cash. Would it Scott not? Scott and Ed,
0: yeah, they're yeah. sort of like a. A team,
1: yep. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Um, and I want to uh, touch a bit on other things you've been involved in, too, because you you represent Compassion as well, right?
0: Yep. Yeah. Now, I used to do Compassion Canada, but in the States, now Compassion International.
1: Okay. So yep. what, what does that mean, like, as an artist? Um, so does that mean that you you talk about sponsor child um, at a concert or I don't like just for people who don't understand that. Can you explain a bit of what that means? For sure. You?
0: Yeah. So um, basically I don't know if anybody's familiar with, I'm sure they are world vision and compassion mm-hmm. are very similar and a lot of artists will take, uh, a bunch of packets that have children in them, not real children, <laughs> pictures of children and uh, all of their info. And during the <laughs> the concert, there'll be sort of like an intermission and they'll explain um, how you can sponsor a child and give their story and their testimony about how sponsoring a child has, has ministered to them and just bless them. And then, you know, after the concert, they'll right by the merch table, there'll be packets and information. And, um, so that's sort of what I've done. And, um, now I'm starting to do for the past couple of years, I've done uh, the E 21 campaign as well, which fights human trafficking. So those two ministries are really close to my heart and depending on the venue, sometimes, you know, human trafficking is appropriate to present and sometimes, um, child poverty is more appropriate to present. So it's really cool to just use the platform that I have and, you know, fight for people that don't have a voice.
1: Mm-hmm. Now you actually stole my next question, which was <laughs> the A 21 campaign. Um, yeah. how, how did that come to be? Did you meet somebody or did you come across it and felt compelled to be involved with that?
0: I, uh, a couple years ago, I watched the film take it. I don't know if you've seen that film I've heard the, with Liam Neeson. It. Yeah, and I had heard about human trafficking before, but I hadn't seen it that graphic, and I didn't realize the issue in uh, in America or North America, and um, I didn't realize it was all over the world. And some of those scenes, um, girls tied to bedposts uh, in little tiny cubicles and, and drugged and, and completely helpless, I couldn't shake those images. Mm, <clears throat> yeah. So I started to, God, God really talked in my heart and I felt like he was saying, you can't let this go, Amy. And so I did my research online and fell in love with Christine Kane, the founder of A21. And I just went full force.
1: Oh, that's great. That's great. Now it's been a while since you, you had an album and now you, you've decided to do another one, but you're crowdfunding. So wow. how, how did that come to be and why, um, because that can be real daunting and that can be scary for people yeah. to put themselves out there to say, well, you know, am I good enough? Are people going to pay attention? Are people going to care? You know, how do you, cause that's really a vulnerable step. And, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to put that upon you, but you know, for a right. lot of, a lot of people, they, they choose not to, they almost rather not do a project in mm-hmm. a sense. Some of the other artists we've yeah. talked to before, um, in Kickstarter, for example, but there's something different about Indiegogo, isn't it compared to Kickstarter?
0: Yeah. Kickstarter is sort of an all or nothing. Um, if you don't raise the money, you don't get any of it. And Indiegogo, uh, you have the option of an all or nothing or, or getting the funds that you've raised. Um, there's a small percentage of funds that go towards Indiegogo. Mm -hmm. Um, if you don't raise, your your funds but i mean the majority of it i still get which my husband and i figured that we don't know how this campaign is going to go if it'll be successful or if it won't be and we thought just to you know play it safe we would go with indiegogo
1: um yeah i think it's a wise choice especially for for artists of any kind i mean unless you're you know you two or or an artist that can kind of write their own ticket um, I mean, the cost of doing an album is astronomical. Um, yeah. And, and, and not everyone can obviously have a label behind them. And even labels um, are have qualifiers for artists. You know, an artist may be with a label, but it may be short duration. So the music Great. landscape has changed. So, I mean, you're at $6,532. That's, that's pretty good for having, <laughs> having 29 days left. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah you're, you're, halfway yeah but again you i've always said that your um your professionalism and and the uh, amount of effort you want to put into the songs not just the songwriting, but the, also the production behind them and the recording yeah i mean your your quality is on par with anything else that i i listen to playlists on rhapsody that where i listen to music and and there's no comparison like this it's not like oh well that's canadian And then that's quote unquote normal, you know, as if Canadian is not. Uh, So so take it as a compliment that, you know, it's definitely quality uh, stuff. And I know you've done some other things, uh, you know, Christmas releases and things like that. Um, You've been able to, and you've been on on Christian radio. And I know you've been on Canadian Christian radio, but have you been on U.S. radio at all?
0: Yeah, I was working with a promoter for uh, the U.S., stations here. And, um, you know, I find that the best, uh, connections I I make is with people in person, you know, on our way to Nashville, we connected with some stations in Ohio and they've been great. They've called me out to open for big artists. And, um, so it's, I thought it might be different here in the States and it is in the sense that they won't play me, um, like in Canada, they'll play you specifically if you're Canadian, yes, <laughs> you know, if they yeah. like your stuff and you're Canadian, cause you need a certain amount of Canadian artists on air. But here I don't have that, you know, um, <laughs> I guess that opportunity because the, it's, there's so much competition in the States. It's very dense.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. There is a, a very short list that gets onto the top 40. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So you still have to sort of, you know, show up and, Let them know who you are. I think once they see you, um, hopefully they like you and they want to support you.
1: (laughs) So now you, you said you opened for some artists. I know you opened for, was it sidewalk profits that you opened for before? And that was last year, right?
0: Yeah. Last summer, there were some other, um, concerts that were coming down the pipeline and there still might be, I, I don't want to say anything just in case, but, um, it's just so cool when you just meet one person that is supportive and then, you know, things like that happen. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And most artists that um, I've talked to and some that I've, I've watched um, interviews with, they've said that the, the key to success in the music business is not about being able to package yourself up well. It's about showing up. It's about working mm-hmm. hard and it's about interacting <clears throat> with people. And when, yeah. you, when you're actually in front of people, um and you do well that gets noticed and that gets you gigs. Um, so yeah. sometimes you have to do free concerts and, or right. you know, a buy-in to a Canadian concert with a bigger band or things like that. Right? Um, have yeah. you have you had any um any struggles with you know playing on the road, for example, like any? Um, any, any examples of things that happen? Like what is road life like for you? Because I know you've done some travel and played music.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I feel like every mu- musician's story is somewhat the same. You, you, you hope that by the end of the day, that with all the costs and the gas and the food, that you've made enough money to, you know, make it worthwhile. Um, I think for me, it's, I'm always trying to balance, you know, what choices are the best because you want to do stuff. Like I went to Nashville last summer. We did a like a little mini Nashville tour, and uh, I I actually did gigs that I wouldn't normally do. You know, like um, playing in um, rescue centers for for men that have been imprisoned or. Uh, suffering from addictions, um, people with mental health issues you know, visiting and people that you don't get paid big bucks for. And mm-hmm. to me that I, it wasn't a good financial goal or thing for me to do, but it's just, it, it filled my spirit. And those are things that I need to, you know, sort of take to the Lord. Okay. How much of this can I really do without any financial support? And how much of this do I need to really be smart and, you know, (laughs) business savvy, which is not my strong point, but my husband is better at that.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that is a hard part because a lot of artists, um, especially if they're, if they're very artistic, if they're passionate about it, they tend to, that tends to be the last thing they think about, you know, the the making money part. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to make money. (laughs) How in the world do I package this up and put a price tag on it? Yeah.
0: Right. I mean, it's the unfortunate thing about, you know, doing, doing music because you just want to give it away. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like love. You just want to give it away. (laughs) Um, but yeah.
1: Well, and, uh, I'll shift gears a bit. Um, what are some of your influences? I mean, I've heard your music. Um, Mm -hmm. what are like, what are some, and is it, you know, Mm secular sacred like do you have a preference what what has influenced who you are and as you're a songwriter and um recording artist
0: well over the past couple years i was as i was writing this uh this project i was listening to a lot of music that i maybe didn't typically i used to listen to a lot more folk and like acoustic but um i had been listening to jimmy Eat world paramore um classic crime, sort of a mixture of, of, of secular and, 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 sacred. But, um, I think my goal right now is, is to write, um, really creatively and and profoundly and sort of get away from, I don't know, uh, a mold that a lot of Christian artists have sort of strived for or fallen into. Um, mm-hmm. and so I've, I heard a comment on, one of uh, one of the demos I released on YouTube, someone said like, this isn't even Christian music. Like this is like Jesus music. Like this is deep (laughs) hardcore Jesus music. And that was so, um, that was so encouraging because they could tell that there was a, there was a, a deepness behind it. And yet it didn't fall into like, oh, this is praise and worship or whatever it is. They couldn't categorize it. It was just, it was really nice to hear that. That's what I'm going for.
1: Right. Now I've got a quote actually from your Indiegogo page here. It says, musically, I've come up with innovative and modern compositions. Lyrically, I've written in a way to convict and challenge the church and to Mm -hmm. inspire the unchurched. So, I mean, obviously, as a songwriter, you're not going, this song is only for these 8000 people (laughs) or it's only for, you know, you're obviously you want to reach everybody where they're at. Um, you know, and people who are in the church are broken people, just like people who don't go to church. Right. Mm -hmm. And so do you, do you songwrite Mm -hmm. with a theological bent or is it more just out of conviction for things that have happened in your life? Um, like what's, what's your songwriting Mm -hmm. process and and where does that come from?
0: Well, um, I've listened to, a lot of sermons and read a lot of books for this past album. And so part of it is a lot of my songwriting has come from breakthroughs in my thinking things, patterns of thinking that, uh, were, were wrong and, or, or concepts about God and his heart that, that were just not true. And so this is sort of like (laughs) self-medicating to write these songs and, and lyrics and, and phrases that I need to be reminded of. Um, so, yeah, and I think that for the most part, we all have very similar questions about, you know, what, what is God's heart in my suffering? Um, where is God in my suffering? Or, um, you know, questions even about heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is heaven? What is um you know, actually, to sum it up, I've taken a journey. The first song on my album is The Creation of the World, and then the last song of the album is The Recreation of the World. And it talks about, like, um, God's relationship with us, our relationship with each other, and then his overall plan. And it's been really cool to, to see God speak um, a profound purpose to me just to sort of trace what he's done from the very beginning and what he's doing now and where he's taking me. Um, it's been very liberating to, to hear from, you know, his Holy spirit and through the things that I've read, um, Mm -hmm. his plan overall. So I think people that are not church have those same questions, you know, where did I come from? What am I doing here? And where am I going? (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and again, a lot of artists over the years that were quote unquote christian that didn't want the label you know were walking the same journey and had the same concept just didn't yeah. want the label on it. Cause then people wouldn't actually listen to it I'm like, oh well that's over there I'm not yeah. you know I think of even you know petra twenty sure. well 'd be thirty thirty five years ago, you know their albums were in the record stores. You know yeah. early on, and Larry Norman and all these artists from back in the day, even rich Mullins um you know me personally i one of the first albums I listened to was a Rich Mullins album, and yeah. of course Michael B. Smith back in the early nineties he was popular, but Rich Mullins resonated with me because he most of his his um songwriting and artistry and and what he said to people was conviction it was about. Mm-hmm. This is not how Christianity's supposed to be, you know. It's not all bubble yeah. bubblegum and lollipops and happiness and all that. To the point where he wanted to walk away from it all constantly, and and did, yeah. literally. Um, <clears throat> so those those kind of people inspired me to try to do better and to think about as an artist, even to the point where if I'm leading music in church on Sunday morning, I'm thinking about the fact that people could be coming in and couldn't care less about singing about God they're there at a routine and then there's people who that's all they have in them and uh Mm -hmm. there's a there's a tension in that and um sometimes we can be very apathetic in the Christian community and just kind of go through the motions so which leads me to my next question so you said you enjoy being interacting with people so tour Mm -hmm. life and singing um, for crowds is a comfort mm-hmm. for you and you, you would, you take joy in that?
0: Oh, yeah. I, there's, there's nothing more fulfilling than having, having someone in tears come up to you and, and say how something spoke to them. Um, I mean, essentially, like I'm taking all of the pain in my heart, all the pain in my life and, and putting it in a song. And for someone to say that healed me is yeah. just like, there's the redemption right there. You know, there's been so many things in my life like, God, how can you redeem this situation? And a lot of the times it's through a song. Um, and I don't know. I just I love people like I love them to death. I don't know that I've ever met someone that I don't like. <laughs> I've probably met plenty of people that don't like me, but um, I just have a huge. I love people.
1: <laughs> now you're you're quite gifted. Um, you know you you play a number of instruments. You weren't you doing uh, classical piano? Were you a classical pianist?
0: Yeah, I was. And, and, uh, and
1: now you're playing chords. Come on,
0: <laughs> but very fancy chords. Ah, there you
1: go. Now you're playing yeah, arpeggios and sevenths.
0: So,
1: yeah, uh, I mean obviously the classical music has helped to to shape your ability and sure, yeah. but did you have to do conservatory you know when you were growing up is that how you got in front of people
0: yeah i went um i went up to probably grade 10 or 11 royal conservatory wow. and i did a lot of exams you know like for the examiner you it's like a like your report card i suppose mm-hmm. for your grade and um that was intimidating but yeah um I never used to pre- outside of my exams though. I never performed those pieces anywhere else cuz who who wants to hear that? I don't know. I want to hear it.
1: Moonlight Sonata. <laughs> yeah, that's about the only classical piece I know. Uh, yes. <clears throat> well, of course I'm a terrible um example because I'm I'm a hacker. I I didn't want to learn anything properly. I just pick it up and play it and figure it out and and people get. I've had people literally get mad at me when I tell them, I don't, I never took a lesson at that. I don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, I don't claim to know how to play everything professionally. I wouldn't get up on a stage and, you know, back up Tomlin or whoever else. But, um, you know, I don't like, I, I try to do that with my kids. Here's an instrument, just go have fun. Um, you know, right. I, work, I work in a Christian school and, um, you know, even just being able to play instruments in this day and age and being able to get on a platform and play on a drum set, like I can play loud. Oh, well, you micro, you put microphones on these things. Um, <laughs> you know, cause you know, some kids that have grown up in the church, it's like they're freaked out by it. Um, but to be able to just express themselves and not worry about structure, um, I, I respect and appreciate the structure. Um, you know, but at the same time, I'm, I'm an improv artist. So where would you put yourself now as an artist? Would you say you are a instrumentalist, a songwriter or both?
0: Huh? I mean, on the piano, I feel like the piano is the one instrument that I feel like I know inside and out. And that's, been really, really beneficial as I pick up other instruments, you know, ones that are more percussive or even learning, um, more electric lead stuff. Um, I'd love to get to a point where I feel like I could be instrumental on my electric guitar. That's my one goal right now as a pianist. Yeah. I feel like I am a songwriter and, and an instrumentalist. Um,
1: okay. So, yeah. So the challenge is, to learn an elect, so when you say lead on electric, so do you mean having a band back you up and play lead part, or play a, something full on electric?
0: I mean, I'd love to in the middle of my concerts instead of having to turn over to the guy on the right to play my electric guitar so I'd rather just bust it out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to picture that. Oh, kind
0: of,
1: well, I know this. Like
0: Lincoln Brewster. Yeah, yeah. Oh
1: man, I I don't even try to duplicate some of his riffs. Now, I mean, I'm cynical. Yeah. I'll be like, well, I mean, he probably overdubbed them. You know, come on. <laughs> uh, no, he's he's a great artist. Actually, an example of a guy who's in the secular music industry, and uh, you know, he's serving God with his gifts. Um, I don't remember a lot of the artists he worked with, but they were not all Christian artists but kept his testimony throughout. Um, <clears throat> so you're at the point now where you've got a new album, you've got lots of songs. Um, like, yeah. are you locked in to the process of your of your album now? You've got it down. These are the songs. This is what I'm going to do. Um, you know, how much of it is on the cutting room floor?
0: I mean, it's all it's all there and it's in stone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) unless, you know, something crazy happens, but I've, I've sort of written like in some ways, a concept album, you know, like everything's tying into the the previous song or the following song. And, um, you know, that's sort of an art that's lost nowadays. No one listens to a song from track one to 12. It's like Mm -hmm. whatever's shuffling in your iPod, but, um, I sort of want to create a journey for people so that when they get to the last song they're like, Wow, I just watched a movie, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Actually I think that's awesome. Um again, back in the day, if you listen to Pink Floyd from start to finish, or Rush or yeah. any or Peter Gabriel, it's it's an experience, it's not a song and another song yeah. and another song. Yeah. It is a, a dying art form. Um and I think musically people are tired of the same and not mm-hmm. not a knock on christian radio because there's a lot of christian radio people that actually listen to this um
0: <laughs> because they
1: the people that work in it are stuck in the mold of of the industry there's a certain way yeah. things have to be done right um where good art doesn't get played because it doesn't fit 3 minutes and 15 seconds and hitting the chorus right. after with 1 minute right um and yeah. i mean we get that but yeah, I think people are are seeking more. Um, Gunger tr- started it, you know, Michael Gunger mm-hmm. with, you know, playing the instrumental acoustic. He's one of the most well known best guitarists in the world, in my opinion. Um, next yeah. to Phil Kagey, I guess, would be considered the best still by Guitar Magazine. Uh, <laughs> I'm a guitarist, so I geek out on all this stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's it is a a dying art form to walk through a journey with music. Um, And even that's a bit of classical background, too, because most classical pieces, there was, you know, acts and steps along the way. Um, Right. So are you going to then apply that Mm -hmm. to your live performance?
0: Ah, that's a great question. I haven't even really thought that far ahead right now. I'm not trying to be your tour manager. (laughs) No, that's a, that's a, gosh, I have to think about that. The other thing that's going to change about my live performances, I hope is um, I'll be playing with some of the, some of the recording that we do in the studio, you know, if there's some sort of synth, I'll just play that track. Um, so that it's not like full production album and then always acoustic shows, you know, I want to yes. create something very similar. Um, but I ha- I can't even answer your question. That would be really <laughs> cool though, to like, you know, do every concert from start to finish, just yeah. like it is on the album. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Well, that would be, um, Genesis for example. Back in the day, if you were a fan of Genesis, the expectation was when you go live, you want the album. That's that's it, start right. to finish. All, that vinyl needs to spin from start to finish. That was their clientele, um, and uh, you know Journey and all these al- all these bands that came out then. That and Peter Gabriel is another example of that. He acted out his songs. Um, if you watch his videos, because he's very theatrical. Um, in fact, he does movie scores now for a living, I think, but, um, if you watch his concerts, he, he's acting it out or the video portrays it, but it, it goes from one song to the next. There's no pause. Everything has a theme. And as you go from start to finish, it's like you just walked a a journey for an hour and a half. So I, I like the, the idea of a concept album and having a journey, especially when you have a message that you're trying to deliver and probably a a reiteration along the way for people Mm -hmm. like me who have thick skulls and need to hear it a lot. Um, (laughs) because your, your music, would you say your music is your way of being a communicator?
0: Oh, for sure. There's, for some reason, it's like, it's so much easier to communicate truthfully through a song. Mind you, it's not an easy process. I'll spend, I spent like a, a year or two on certain songs on the album, so it's not quick. But <laughs> once I, once I get it, it's like, I couldn't tell you this a better way, mm-hmm. you know? And I've said this before, even when I'm praying a lot of times, I'll pray and sing my prayer, or I'll open up the scriptures and I'll sing the scriptures. There's something about music that just helps me communicate something that words alone cannot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Um, I got a couple more questions, then we're done. But uh, <laughs> your your songwriting process—what's your go-to? Is it a piece of paper? Is it your computer? Is it you record it as you're driving? Like, what what's your method? Everyone has a different style.
0: Yeah. I mean, I used to just pick up a guitar and play some chords and get a melody, and then the words usually come later, or sometimes the words will come together. The words never come first, though. Okay. Um, but for, like I said, for this last album, it was just sitting in front of a computer, opening up my recording software, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and then like playing with sounds. And I might, like, be inspired by an electric guitar sound or a synth sound and be like, okay, now I'm going to add, like, you know, some cheesy drum track and see what my brain thinks of. So I'll just create these sounds, Mm -hmm. then I'll insert some chords, and then I'll be like, oh, this song sounds like it should be about blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that's sort of... There's no there's I have very really no structure to songwriting at this point. It's come in so many shapes and sizes. <laughs>
1: well, it's my favorite question to ask because when I ask it, I usually get these big eyes or a gasp or oh no, how do I do that again?
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, because I mean everyone's different. I mean some people have like you know, I have like the moleskin book and I only write in red pen. Um, you know, like people are so <laughs> specific. Um, for example, I, I want to have a book, like I've got a book that my wife gave me and it's like a leather bound with a nice little wrap on it. It's like, like vintage, <laughs> but I don't know what I want to use it for. So I won't write in it. <laughs> it is literally empty because I'm like, oh, maybe that's going to be like, because I, I'm a pastor and I preach on Sundays. I'm like, well, maybe that'll be what I put message stuff in. But that just seems so like like, I like to hear myself or I think that it's so worthy. Like I'm John Piper oh. and everything I write down is going to be noticed. Like, I don't know. It just seems. It is. Uh, so
0: you, I, you are important. What you have to say is important. <laughs>
1: um, okay. So one, hopefully my last question, then I'll let you go. But um, gear, are you, do you have preferences in the gear you use, the software you use and the tools the, I ask all the artists now, because everyone's mm. getting into their own productions like you are. And right. so when you're doing that, you're like, well, I have to go to the music store and buy some stuff. What would that yeah. stuff be for you?
0: Gosh, you know what? Um, my husband has been really great for me. Um, I'm sort of one of those people that likes to play a bunch of things, but I won't do my research on what one's the best. Okay. Um, so my husband researched on the best drum kit, the best electric guitar, the best pedal, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, and so I sort of just use what he gives me, <laughs> uh, okay. okay. but I have to say like, um, yeah, there's certain products like I I bought some pedals as I explore my electric guitar and I I usually talk to people that I I trust and that I, I like the sounds that they produce and so I'll I'll get that um but I don't know. I usually just get what sounds good. Okay. Even if it's not popular, you know. So
1: Okay. PC or Mac?
0: <laughs> I have a Actually, I'm running off of Mac right now, but my uh, my marriage is very PC. <laughs> uh, we don't have like i anything, not the iPhone or iPod. Even um, I do have a um, an iPad, but yeah, PC family here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, actually, that surprises me, considering what what your husband does for a living. Um, usually, it's like a Mac world if you're into production oh, and graphics so that's interesting to know he,
0: yeah he built his own computers so he likes to have his own little parts
1: okay so yeah, yeah. he he's that detailed he's he's got full control yeah okay <laughs> no that's cool that's cool so uh do you have anything coming up any uh, gigs coming up you know or are you full tilt just planning and, and making your trip to nashville
0: I wish I had some concerts in Canada that I could promote, but um, right now I've got a couple concerts here in Michigan. One will be um, like right. Well, before my can, and one will be after. Uh, and those are listed on my website. I'll be sharing some songs that I've never been heard before, which is really exciting for me. And uh, yeah, it'll be like both of the concerts are fairly intimate. Um, And I like it that way so that I can sort of have like a, I don't know, a big family sort of feel. I like to get personal with people. I like the big stages too, because it's fun energy, but I also like the intimate concerts.
1: Mm -hmm. No, that's good. Um, And do you have any, um, are you using session musicians when you're in Nashville for the album? Is that typically what, what happens when you're down there or do you bring people with you?
0: Um, between myself, the producers and people that they have constantly coming through. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they, you know, have a drummer that they just send them, you know, seven different tracks from seven different artists. And then the drummer just goes in and plays. Um, I'm assuming that's how they do that, but I hope to be playing several instruments on the album. Um, I, I think, unless, I mean, those guys are great. I'm sure I'll use a lot of what they have too. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, judging from what you've done in the past um, now, did you have other artists uh, like family members that were on the last album? I seem to recall a video where was it your brother or something. Maybe I'm, wrong. um,
0: no, I mean, they've, I play with, with, um, well, my brother and, and friends, uh, but on the album, it was just me and the producer both okay. playing different things. Yeah. Okay. That's I mean, cool. like the violin players and stuff like that, um, we got other people to do. But for the most part, just me and the producer.
1: Right. All right. And where can we find you on the web? On the web, you can go to
0: amysavin.com and listed there in very bold and beautiful icons are on my social media. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm yeah. very friendly. You can say hi to me. I'll write you back. Maybe yeah. not right away, but yes. I will write you back.
1: So are you, are you social savvy? Are you on, what, what would be your go-to? Would it be Facebook, Twitter, Google plus, you know, like I, I am
0: not on. Yeah. Google plus has sort of been unexplored for me, but, um,
1: Actually, I think yeah, Facebook and Instagram.
0: <laughs> are they? I
1: think so. Uh, yeah, I,
0: I thought it was going to be bigger than Facebook at one point, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: No. Um, yeah, I'm probably mostly on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. I've been oh, trying so. to get into Twitter a little more.
1: Well, one thing that I've noticed recently is is the onslaught of live video through Periscope. I don't know if you've heard of that. Oh. Um, the, a lot of um, friends in Nashville, you know, they're turning it on in church and playing, you know, what's going on and talking live on it. Uh, it's something I've been looking at at trying as like a tour at church or, you know, during a worship set or something but and mark lowry for example is using it at gaither concerts (laughs) oh wow he literally hit record and it live streams and people log in and watch you live and they can comment and say where they're from and all that kind of stuff so um i wondered if you were open to new technologies as you're doing concerts and shows
0: (laughs) I am certainly open to new technology. You gotta stay on top. I have not heard of that though <laughs> i'm behind you're you're cooler than I am Dan. That's what's coming out through this <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i uh, I know lots of stuff it doesn't mean i I'm good at lots of stuff <laughs> but uh, hey just so just so people know you have a an indieGoGo uh, profile, and people need to. Give money. So <laughs> if, you, if you haven't <laughs> heard of Amy Savin before, go go online, check her out, uh, go to amysavin.com. And I'm sure all the links are there. Um, yeah. There is, you do have a, a profile picture. It looks very mystical. It's like a picture with like light behind. What was the reasoning behind that? Did you have a purpose or did it just look cool?
0: Uh, it's supposed to be sort of like an eclipse. Um, the album cover is is sort of the earth um, being being eclipsed. Um, and the title of the album is, is called unveiled. And it's sort of like right now the, the darkness in, of the world and our um, skewed visions of God sort of muddy God's true character. But one day like his light and his beauty were going to be rev- revealed in full. Mm-hmm. And um so that's sort of my face on that picture is trying to mirror the album cover as well. <laughs> well Some people thought it was supposed to be angelic and I was just like, <laughs> Nope. <laughs>
1: that's funny. Actually, I, I, I can see that now. Now that makes total sense. Um, yeah. Have you, have you announced your album uh, title yet? Or did you just announce yeah. that on our podcast?
0: <laughs> no, I it's, it's, it's there on the Indiegogo video. Okay. Um, we haven't done a lot of like, Unveiled branding anywhere. Um oh, there it yeah, is. Sorry,
1: it's- yeah. I'm I'm a little behind. It's in your verbiage under about the project, but I oh, okay. I yeah. blasted past it because I was looking <laughs> I was looking for your quotes because I wanted to be able to quote you on stuff. <laughs> I was actually looking for something to stump you on, but you, you did so well on this interview. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's always great. I just
0: I just talk a lot. No, it's
1: it's always great to talk to you, and and I do plan on checking in with you when you get to the end. And again, regardless of how much you get on here, um, you will be getting uh, money towards your project, which um, which is great. And uh, I'm happy personally to hear that you're doing more music, and uh, my family is personally because we we like your stuff. Um, uh-huh. But again, it goes beyond artistry. There there's more to to an artist for longevity in their character in my opinion than it ever does in in their ability to just put out music you you mm. can have an artist that will do an album every year but if you don't lock into their character or if they don't seem legitimate they don't have a voice um, so i think you talking about a journey of faith or, or seeking God, um, and how you're, um, you packaging this album, I think is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. So, um, hopefully we can check in again with you. Uh, when is the, the proposed release for the album or do you know yet?
0: Um, in a perfect world, I'd love to have it ready in, in the fall, but if these funds, you know, come in slower, then we'll, we'll manage that. But
1: all right. Well, we'll yeah. pray to that end then.
0: <laughs> thanks dan god loves your prayers i know it
1: <laughs> well again i appreciate you uh, being on the podcast and sharing with us and um you know it'll be coast to coast from portland to pei so uh yes yeah thank you for being on here and um make sure you check out amy savin at amysavin.com thanks for being with us
0: thanks for having me
2: Guys, thanks for listening to our interview, Dan's interview with Amy Savin. Now, I'm just going to chime right into what I appreciated about that. I hope you don't mind. No, go ahead. Um, I appreciate how she represents herself almost as the prototypical independent artist uh, trying to find that balance between um, getting out and connecting with people and still, you know, gleaning a dollar or two out of the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also just a relationship with her husband, the fact that he's a resource for her, that um, it, you, you have to be innovative as an independent artist, even as a non-independent artist, uh, in terms of where your resources are and how uh, you utilize them. And don't be afraid to reach out and get some, get some help from folks who have some understanding in some areas. You don't really have to do this stuff all by yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the the cool thing about Amy also is that her desire is not to make money. I know she needs to make money to survive, um, but her desire is to, to connect with people. And I think that was painfully obvious. And it's almost to a fault sometimes with artists that are like that, because they don't want to take money from people. So they almost need to be set up under something else, so that somebody else is taking the money for them. Yeah, um, that is a hard place to be, and I think that's where crowdfunding works for albums, because then you're not hitting the road trying to constantly charge people money just to make the money back. It's kind of front loaded instead of end loaded.
2: Yeah, well, that, so I think it, helps. it's smart. Yeah, yeah, that's a, the promotion, and I mean the promotion is is one of the other hard parts of it, but that that key piece of putting in a value in the effort that you've put in to say it's worth having somebody pay for. And and we live in a, in a world right now where the consumers really expect a lot of stuff for free and they're getting out of the habit of paying for things, which I think in many ways devalues the end product. So as artists, as tough as it may be, we kind of have to give ourselves permission to make money. You know, that's not to be selfish, Uh, it's not to be non-christian it's to be responsible
1: yeah and that's got to be hard even in the in the professional artist realm because even though they may make it quote unquote to a label we kind of talked about that bit Mm -hmm. in the interview um even then it's not a guarantee oh no not even close no not even close Uh, in fact there's there's more expectation and you still may not make any money
2: yeah, the model has changed. I mean, we've talked about that in so many different interviews with folks, whether they're independent or signed to a label. That, that it really, it really has changed. Um, yeah, you know, you made me think of something else too. Uh, before we cut to the interview, where uh, you know you have you have to uh, invest money, you know, just like like Amy did with her album to a certain extent to get to a level of quality you want. And mm-hmm. because there's been a flattening, let's call it, in the marketplace where you know, hey, I've got a I've got you know Studio One Pro or I've got Pro Tools. I've got uh, a decent microphone. you know i'm gonna I'm gonna produce my own album. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's there there's for some folks, there might be an expectation that you don't necessarily have to put the time, effort or money in to get it done because the the barriers to entry have been lowered. but the barriers to entry in terms of quality are still high. And you need to remember yeah. that, you know, you need to grow as an artist. You need to learn the craft. Um, that has been so evident to me in the past five months as I've been I- engaging in the audiobook stuff. There's a lot of garbage out there, and, and I created some of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is true that we need to learn how to manage um, what we're good at. And allow other people to do what they're good at.
2: Delegate. Yeah. Drew Brown um, posted a link uh, to an article. One of our previous guests uh, about how to delegate as an artist. So maybe I'll, if I remember, I'll I will share that link as well because there are things that we are not good at, and or that really we there are things that we're really good at that we should focus on because it's the best use of our time. You know, I Mm -hmm. I can do ten key entry. But I'm also a business consultant, so if, you, if you're if you going to pay me $165 an hour, would you rather have me do 10 key entry or business strategy? Your choice.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know we have more interviews coming up, Joe, but uh, I, I'm I'm actually connecting with Chris Fache, who's a – well, he's a songwriter. He's actually um, had an endeavor in the past called Worship Rises, which oh, yeah. has been yeah. in hiatus a bit, but I'm, I know it's not forever. So I hope to talk to him about that, talk to him about um, modern church, what does it look like? And, you know, how he's integrating into a larger church setting, Come from coming from a smaller uh, church into a large-scale East Toronto church. Oh, wow, yeah. And, and what does that look like? And, um, yeah, and he's always got a lot of uh, wisdom and insights as a worship leader, as a pastor, as someone who you know, is, is on the ground level. He's been in Nashville. He's been a speaker. He's actually, I think right now at a create conference. So there he's involved. So I'm looking forward to talking to him in the next week or so. So that'll be probably our next feature interview coming up shortly.
2: Cool. I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm I'm happy to be taking a back seat to your interview, so I, I'll just knock out the editing. I'm so sick of hearing my own voice. Yeah. <laughs> I'd much rather listen to you for that.
1: That's the only problem with audiobooks. It's hours and hours of yourself.
2: Well, you should see the cave I have built in the garage for recording, and it's really the worst <laughs> possible. Guys, you don't care about this, but I'll tell you anyway. Um, the worst possible place to do voiceover work is in a garage. Between the bathroom in the house, 10 feet from the furnace, 5 feet from the refrigerator, 10 feet from a freezer, and... The TV room is the next room, as well as the washer and dryer, and then of course you have cars driving by the road, and background noise is the bane of the audiobook narrator. And in the meantime, you know, you know, the garbage truck goes by, and then you just stop and go back, and you try again, and hope the dog doesn't bark. It's uh, it's really close to hell, actually. But uh, I was going to say,
1: are you doing it to yourself on purpose? I'm doing
2: it for the benefit of frequency, but uh, awesome. But it is it's fun. I actually am having a good time.
1: So anyway, no, that's great. And it'll make our podcast better. So I appreciate all the work you're doing there to learn how to uh, make your sound better. (laughs) Um, But on that note, we, we've got to get going, but uh, thanks Joe for connecting. It was fun to talk again. And um, you know, we hope you appreciated what uh, Amy Savin had to say and also make sure to check out her Indiegogo page. And, you know, if you can donate a buck, she'd be happy. Um, It helps, it helps a young um, artist get her art out there. And um, I think you'll you'll really enjoy her music. Uh, her music is actually on Rhapsody and all the U.S. channels, as well as on iTunes. Um, her last album was called Skylines, and it's one of our favorites in our family. And um, yeah, the album coming up is a concept album, and I'm, I look forward to seeing how she walks through creation and then the new heaven. Um, and how she's going to weave stories and struggle and fear and doubts and everything of life throughout her songs to get there. Now, when's that, when's it supposed to release? I think she wants to do it in the fall, but it all depends on funding, but preferably before Christmas. So it'd be this calendar year. That's her plan. All right. So we'll have to check in on that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
2: Cool. I do want to do a shout out for the guys at worship ministry catalyst, because almost every episode, they do a shout out for us. And because, you know, we even though we've been producing stuff, we haven't done a, a formal uh, new episode of the podcast for a while. It's like they've just been talking about, hey, make sure you check out Frequency and on the other <laughs> side, Crickets, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah 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 definitely and those guys are awesome yeah. um, it's great to interact with them and uh, they're doing a lot of good stuff trying to get uh, information in worship leaders' hands and they're they're just real humble about it so I appreciate those guys at worshipministrycatalyst.com.
2: yeah well I don't, is that the full URL I don't know it's a tough name i'll I'll put a link to it.
1: It sounds cool. It sounds like a conference.
2: It does. It does. Wait, there is. Yeah. Never mind. Um,
1: <laughs> yes, I guess there is a conference called that. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, don't be confused, folks. Well, yes. Um, let's uh, sh- let's share some social media stuff, eh?
1: Yeah. So, oh, you're being all Canadian.
2: That's right, man. <laughs> That's I've been working so, on my
1: dialects. <laughs> awesome. Um, I gotta say, soda pop. Then I don't say is that. Is that American? Oh,
2: it depends on where you are in the states
1: okay now it's contextual sorry yeah. um but you can always say frequency.fm correctly it's it's an easy url That's true. or at at frequency.fm is our twitter and if you go to facebook and type frequency.fm you will find us um, and actually we have a a separate uh sort of personal facebook account yep. called brookhouse thompson uh, which we use to interact with people and um because pages seem to be kind of um going by the wayside as of late um not a lot of interaction on it but uh, anyways connect in any number of those ways google plus if it's still around i think it's going away it's going but away we're, yeah we're, we're there until we're not yes and uh, you can always email us um dan or joe at frequency.fm and we'd love to hear from you
2: god bless guys we'll talk to you again in six months
1: <laughs> <laughs> very soon everyone take care